Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Mel Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. <laughs> it's a four. <laughs> that, that's a loss. Yeah, no that's a what failure in any system, in. unfortunately. <laughs> But that's okay. It's up to you, girls. We're going to do our best. <laughs> Failure is not the end. And we can't this. even help. I can't even <laughs> offer some help. It's it right. Just... It, I am beyond help at this point. <laughs> I think we just have to accept that and make the most of this. Welcome back, everybody. Let's uh, diffuse the tension here right at the beginning about <laughs> our characters <laughs> about to be attacked, possibly, by this monster that's just entered the morgue. What if he was just trying to do his job? Oh, like, like he's worked he's here the whole time? in. Yeah, like... He just really Wait, wanted so he to was going to do an like an autopsy. No, like he because he said like five minutes. <laughs> it's mm. been five minutes. Like boys, mm. boys and ladies, let's yeah, let's get it on out of here. I got a work to he had run. Given them a time limit, <laughs> right? He's just being a good worker and checking on the corpse he just made. Just gotta check in here. Oh shit! I forgot you guys were in here. <laughs> Um, I did love in all of the diffusion of the tension uh, Griff's sound effects and the one of <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> it did make me laugh so much. I Well, I mean, I, I agree with his rationale that that could have, if it was over a radio or something, that that's kind of like yeah, a sound that clip that you just dropped in. Yeah, that was a good save by Chav. Uh-huh. Um, the, what was it? I, I made of bones, though? Not so much. <laughs> that one was definitely not a sound effect. <laughs> That we were starting to, yeah, the illusion was starting to break down a little bit. <laughs> Up until that point, it was totally flawless. I believed every moment. I could see it in my mind. <laughs> but we do start right out with a fight time, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it isn't immediately a brawl, but we in it. Yeah. Well, you know, anytime the monster is like, I'm just going to close this door behind me. Yeah. That's not a good sign. It's a threatening <laughs> movement. From monsters, from principals, from bosses. <laughs> Never None a good them. sign. I'm just going to shut this door. You're like, mm 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 mm. I need, you I need leave that exit. shit open. <laughs> I need a way out ASAP. So, of, of the possible reactions that any of them were going to have, I admit mm-hmm. that I did not think that Ned was going to threaten to kill. The monster's already nope. dead twin. Did you see that coming? That was oh, that was a very unpredictable twist. How is that, that supposed to work? Well, I mean, it was certainly a good distraction. I'll give him that. <laughs> I think, yeah, had I been the monster, we like, what are you even trying to do here? And just, yeah, let them all escape behind me. As I'm like, what? Clint's kind of the master of making a choice that literally I don't think anybody else would have made when yeah. it comes to, here's what I'm confronted with. Here's what I'm going to do. Keep my, keep my son, the game master, on his toes. Mm-hmm. And to his credit, he certainly did since... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, that was, you could immediately tell that was the laugh of a man with a very good role, like an improbably yes. good role for this completely ridiculous <laughs> play. And it was kind of, I mean, like, I don't know if I was Griffin, I think I would have been like, oh, man, what do you do? What do you do now? Because, you know, you can't just manipulate a monster. Like, you know, you're not like really supposed to be able to do that. But also, you can't just tell someone you have a really good role, but right. I don't care. Yeah, right. So that was a an interesting position to be in. And I do I do think that yeah. the choice that he made in the end that he kind of like manipulated the monster straight into having its own strategy was maybe about as good as it was going to get. Yeah, I appreciate the way that it was handled. I think it was an interesting way to go about it. Like he gave a little bit, yeah, but he didn't let Ned just run rampant with mm-hmm. this role. It was it was a good yes and because mm-hmm. Even though it didn't really help them in the immediate situation in terms of the danger, it did give them further information about what this monster is that they're facing, which is mm-hmm. pretty wild, right? Yeah. This this critter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find it interesting that he appears as Gregor initially mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then goes into the room as four-armed bright light creature Mm -hmm. and then like remembers oh yeah i'm supposed to be gregor hold on and then yeah does that (laughs) and then eventually moves into a terrible bigfoot impression how dare he (laughs) it's a straight up like silent hill version of barclay is the Mm -hmm. description of what this creature turns into um i'd like to make a plea to artists 
for a side-by-side of Barclay's mm. beautiful, like, well-coiffed, <laughs> uh, big smile, like, sparkly eyes, Bigfoot, the, the, this guy, the Abominations rendition. <laughs> Now I'm imagining this beautiful, like, pencil sketch of a handsome Bigfoot. <gasps> oh, my goodness. You Gotta have those, is. like, soccer blossom screen tones. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is Harry and the Hendersons, again, when he's Always. drawing that Bigfoot, like, the scary one, and then lovely <laughs> Harry, like, with his smiles and his, <laughs> the flower in his hair and all that. This is exactly that. Never mind. Artists, take a Done. break. I got it. I got canon. <laughs> uh, it is so creepy, though, this this description. Um, I think for whatever reason, him saying it had, like, this big, wide grin mouth. I was like, mm-mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. That's where it goes real creepy. And sores. Ugh. Yeah. So, so I'm telling bad. you, it is straight up Silent Hill. Yeah. I, I can't really blame Justin in this situation for deciding that Duck <laughs> was going to to get under a table just i just realized he, he he chose to duck and cover didn't ah, duck. <laughs> um i'm gonna call out the boys for just a second sorry and just i kept giggling at them calling them operating tables because they're not they're dead oh we're not yeah. we're not operating so much yeah as, but then it did take me about 12 minutes to come up with the word autopsy so fair like fair point <laughs> i was about to say i don't i i guess it would just be an autopsy table or slab. I like that. Yeah. Put them on the slab. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, anything like that, I think. But you know, how many of us really know a lot of no, absolutely. Um, work terminology? Well, that's what I was like teasing, but like, I totally get it. When you're on the spot, again, it exactly. took me forever to be yeah. like, what is the word? If you're cutting into someone, yeah. but you're not trying to save them, <laughs> what do you call that? I don't know. Oh, right. An autopsy. Murder? <laughs> <laughs> That's what her Siri offered up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Duck really was smart to hide and get close enough. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see almost this play out of how much Duck's character has shifted to being like, yeah, I can't trust that I'm going to be okay by default anymore. So now mm-hmm. he's gone very much in the opposite direction of like, yeah. you know, if you've twisted your ankle and then you're just more aware of it later and you step mm-hmm. a little more cautiously or get a little mm-hmm. bit more protective, that's the position that Duck is now in. And his first mm-hmm. instinct is, I, I have to protect and shield myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and they also definitely know that whatever happens in this scenario, which is very physically threatening, yeah. they also need to get this information because it's the only way they're going to figure out what they need to do. Because True. this isn't, this is um, in many ways pretty different than the other stuff that they fought, right? And then the more they learn about it, um, the more different it seems, even though this four-armed being is apparently the same as the other abominations in some way, this whole like... right. We've seen a couple of particle these, like, man creatures. bit is like totally different. Yes. Yeah. I am yes, actually surprised that they didn't make it. Well, this is the same thing that came out of the tree, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I was shocked that they did not go to They Might Be Giants right. in the course of the scene at any point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very surprised. I hadn't even thought of it till you said it, and I'm like, oh yeah, now it's just going to be stuck in my head all day. Um, but yeah, because the light being in the tree, there was a light being in the tree, also the goat men, mm-hmm. and there was the one with the water abomination. Yeah. I don't remember the one with the water abomination. I feel like, yeah, that one I had forgotten about, too, until now we're seeing this one that it's like, okay, this is now the third instance and the fourth one we're seeing. Yeah. Yeah, that seems right. I'm I'm trying to count in my head. (laughs) She has to check her murder board real quick. Hold on. Yes. She just (laughs) peered over her shoulder. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Four. Yes. My monster board. Thank you. Oh, there you go. Sounds like a cute board. Barclay's picture's up there with a heart around it. Favorite monster. (laughs) That's on your monster board. (laughs) That's my only monster board. It's just a big picture of him. I did have a hot second when Ned, you know, so Duck's hiding and Ned's got this scalpel, which is not really going to be a super effective weapon, sure. to be honest. I mean, you know, it's it's pretty close combat and, and the, the blades on those are sharp, but they're not very big. Yeah. So, but then he decides to drop it uh, and and then the the monster drops the fake scalpel as well the mimic scalpel yeah um and and griffin says that he's coming with his hands outstretched and he's coming for ned and i was like 
for a hug? <laughs> like maybe, maybe somehow this is still gonna work out. Oh, he's choosing peace. Oh no, no. <laughs> I bring you just love, for a split he second. Said. And Aubrey was like, "He's bringing love. Get him!" And used her magic to shoot the two of them away from each other. <laughs> and so, even in the course of this battle, after Aubrey uses very, very sweet of her to be like, "Get away from Ned." We do find out that she's the only one who causes any real damage here. Yes. Using Snitch. Mm-hmm. Which, sidebar, I feel like that was the episode I wasn't with you guys when they were getting their new items uh-huh. and she got Snitch. For what it's worth, I love Travis's reasoning as to the fact that, like, Aubrey herself would choose this name for this knife. Because mm-hmm. even back in the day, like, back when I was a teenager... My friend and I were playing this game, and, like, in it, you got, I had, my character had two magical swords, and I named them Spike and Vash. So, with that (laughs) understanding, I'm like, this is totally on brand for a young, nerdy, kind of punky girl, because I can speak from experience. That's exactly the shit you do when you are given a magic sword. No, I like like it as well. I think think it, it fits Aubrey. Absolutely. And I did like the that they ultimately, I think maybe, I'm not even sure if they were aware of it, that they kind of came to a compromise on the behavior of the knife because yeah. uh, Travis starts saying that he, he wants to interpret the volatile tag as um, the knife being sentient and that yeah. she has to praise it for doing a, a good job. Um, and Griffin is kind of like, well, no, I think it's that the knife is... is um, <laughs> really unpredictable and you kind of never know if you're going to catch it or it's going to catch you <laughs> so to speak hilarious. um but like i i think that those two things are are actually really complementary to each other and yeah. i have a better idea of what the behavior of this knife is and what aubrey's relationship is to it now that that's what it's doing but that she's interpreting this as i need to be nice to this thing uh-huh. so that it doesn't like it doesn't cut me instead um, right. and that it behaves the way that i want it to yeah i like this kind of accidental at like anthropomorphizing of their weapons mm-hmm. like duck hates beacon and now aubrey's well beacon does talk so <laughs> well, but that's exactly it it's like yeah. you know and then aubrey now has this knife that she didn't realize yeah. at the time but now is she's she reveres it if nothing else yeah it would make sense that she might respond to and engage with a magic weapon in the same way that she sees duck engaging with beacon yeah even if there's not any evidence that it's sentient yeah and i like that mm-hmm. and speaking of beacon <laughs> duck doesn't tie the monster's shoes together i think he doesn't have shoes anymore after he turns into um silent hill barclay but how funny would that be <laughs> if he was still wearing some like dope kicks <laughs> Just like Barclay. You know, he's like, I saw that uh, Bigfoot wearing some fly giant shoes. Right, his size 17s, size 22s. He's probably got to wear like flip flops or something, right? That that big, like Adidas slides, which you you can't tie together. He's got some Gucci slides. He's like, you know, I had to get that bling. Um, It's interesting because I guess Beacon didn't actually cut the monster. But yeah. would Beacon have magical properties? Yeah, see, I wondered about that, too. So we seem to have evidence that, that magic weapons might be the only thing that, that are going to harm this. Yes. And that nothing else is going to work. But the Beacon doesn't seem to quite have the same effect. So I think maybe, maybe, that this has something to do with Duck losing his powers. That mm. even though beacon is magic at this point like even in the game mechanic the the um the stats have changed mm-hmm. uh, but in reality well in their reality um, <laughs> the stats have changed for beacon i think as well that maybe um after the damage and after the loss of this connection to this other world that maybe beacon is less magic so it's effective but it's not doing the same kind of damage that snitched it have we heard beacon talk since he lost his powers I don't think so. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I just suddenly thought of that. I'm like, yeah, I wondered about that. Here, um, I mean, there's no indication that he's not, but I don't think he said anything, which is a little weird. He's in a depression. Oh, maybe he's he's damaged his boss. I guess I don't know what to call him. His cohort, person he actually respects. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. I'm pretty sure he doesn't say anything in the scene with Leo in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. That Beacon doesn't say anything. Which so we don't we don't know yet. It's um, a little so maybe. interesting. Yeah, well, Just because now Justin I'm about has, Beacon. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> Justin has a lot of fun voicing him, so I'm like, is something yeah. wrong? Is there yeah. a reason we're not hearing Beacon? I don't know. Justin, may we talk to Beacon? <laughs> Justin, <laughs> can you bring Beacon forth? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it may just be that, like, the story um, moment has not presented itself or Beacon is sulking or, you know, I mean, so we don't we Hopefully don't know that. Yeah, it. I mean, I think that's that's interesting. And, and I do think that um, Beacon having a much more physical, ordinary effect on this monster may be relevant. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. In some way. So I guess we're going to have to wait and see on that one. That's an interesting yeah. thing to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Put a keep that big question mark sticker right over top of your picture, your your headshot of Beacon on the monster board there. <laughs> headshot of Beacon. You know he would do it up. He'd be so good on the stage. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to imagine Duck taking Beacon to an audition now. I'm fine. <laughs> And like them just thinking that it's like a like a weird, really weird ventriloquism act. Oh, <laughs> like super antagonistic. This duck's got talent. <laughs> <laughs> See him get into a fight with a sword, but not in the way you think. <laughs> <laughs> Duck Newton fighting with the sword, <laughs> and just yeah, do it's not expect what's going to happen. <laughs> This is going to be a wild night at the Kepler it's Talent Show. Clickbait thing. You'll never believe what happens next. Click to find out. LARPers hate him. Huh. <laughs> 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 <sighs> so anyway, the important thing here is Ned saves his friends and he gets torn out of space time. So uh, I guess you girls can take it from here. <laughs> Yeah, wait, 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 wait. We can Goodbye. we cannot completely skip over how delighted Travis was about the they've discovered that the door is locked and they can't oh. get out in spite of <laughs> in spite of Duck kind of trapping the monster temporarily. And Travis is just over the moon that the key card is in the ass <laughs> effectively of this monster. Which Clint brought like, upon himself. Yes. He did. And and so I, I have I have a question, like a hypothetical that I don't know that there's a good answer to. So we discover that the key card is kind of caught up in Particle Man. Uh-huh. And Ned goes in for it. And before the monster grabs him, he throws the key card to Aubrey. Yeah. What would Griffin have done as the hard move if he hadn't done that? Hmm. I wonder. Hmm. Hurt Aubrey, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. You wonder. Or just or... hurt Ned worse instead of instead of doing this um this move where the monster pokes a hole in reality this is a good question i hadn't considered this it's similar to not spoiling anything for anybody but an arms outstretched only without yeah. such huge yeah smaller states yeah. much much smaller but yeah knowing where how, how this ends up playing out for ned and if this is a place we always have to end up by the end of this yeah. episode maybe it just meant Aubrey gets taken. Yeah. And I only say Aubrey because if it's a hard move against Ned, I could see that being because now he gets to be guilty for something else regarding her. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 I was just intrigued by that because I I, I admit that I, I was wondering at the beginning of the episode, they're locked in this room with this monster that they are definitely not ready to defeat. How Absolutely. are they going to get out? Um, and I did not see... One of them is going to get kidnapped by the monster and pulled through a hole in reality. That one I did not, not see coming. That was not one of the, um, that was not a possible solution to this locked room mystery that I had thought of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I, I just had some curiosity about whether or not Griffin was always headed there or whether he was just going to have the monster leave for some reason or what, what his possible outcomes for the scenario were. Yeah. No, that's a good question. Because well, this isn't the first time Ned has seen the rift in reality true yeah, yeah that's true so in in okay in in the name of our show i uh-huh. think the monster has a crush on ned as several <gasps> of us do and he's been watching him he's like there's that raccoon again chewing on a slim jim 
there's that guy. <laughs> he's he's a wily one. So I was like, I'm just going to take him. So I'm keeping that this was one. his game. Yeah, this one's mine. I'm, I'm, we're going to go. <laughs> I like it. That is a, that is an important point, though, that he's the only one thus far who has who has seen a rift before. And mm-hmm. that may be very relevant to uh, something in the future. Yes. Or certainly this this particular twist. And he grabbed him in the ass. So I mean, that's true. Fields were copped. This is true. (laughs) Fields were copped and time space was torn asunder. It's a lot. Like all the great love stories. Quickly. (laughs) Yeah. Quick shout out to um, Clint's uh, very distant. Oh, yeah. Kool-Aid man joke. (laughs) After they were talking about smashing through light Kool-Aid man style. That was uh, perfect timing and a very good Kool-Aid man. When they called him Crystal Light Man, I was like, how? It couldn't get better. Like, that's exactly (laughs) what the situation is. Perfect. I imagine Crystal Light Man is like Kool-Aid Man's older cousin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. With, like, again, it's a a taller, slender. It's a fancy picture. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) He doesn't want to spill anything, though. So he, like, that's why he's just cutting the wrist. Stop it. (laughs) Is Crystal Light just Kool-Aid for grown-ups? Essentially, I never thought about it. I guess it is. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah. He goes, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Wait, okay. So then, do they get the door open and Zeke comes in, or does I'm Zeke not just sure come they in? actually had the chance to. I think I think they were kind of standing there dumbfounded. I think they hadn't oh, had right. a chance they were to unlock about the door. They're trying to find code their code word, right? Their safe word. And spend so much time talking about shit that it did remind me that, yes, this is a bunch of boys <laughs> doing a podcast. Yes. No matter how good they are at playing Opry. Or- There's always going to be some toilet talk. Yeah. You can count on that. I, I am trying to imagine the scenario where the sheriff bursts into this morgue and the two of them are standing there and there's like bodies on the floor <laughs> just... and things overturned and just Doc just turns to, to him and screams, I've never shit my pants anywhere, <laughs> sheriff. <laughs> exactly. That is the like... scene. Lest anyone forget. <laughs> that's going to be, that's one of those like... You know, you're not getting paid enough to deal with this. <laughs> oh, that's exactly like, listen, you always need your like foil. And Zeke has yeah. shown to be one of those foils where it's like, he's got to keep to the letter of the law. And sometimes he can seem like a bit of a hard ass and what have you. But man, this poor idiot. Like, <laughs> like, listen, I get it. You're trying to do your job. Poor Dewey. I just... You gotta feel bad for these guys. Yeah. Being put in yeah. danger and lied to. Exactly. <laughs> Aubrey coming clean. <laughs> so Aubrey, so quick on her toes all the time. Finally, doesn't have anyone to interject on her lies so they can be plausible. Good job. Getting rid of Ned like that. <laughs> Proud of you. So yeah, she comes clean to Sheriff Owens, claiming to be an FBI agent, partnered with Stern. Yeah. And <laughs> has enlisted the help of local forest ranger Duck Newton. To which he responds, oh, thank God, or thank Christ. (laughs) That he doesn't have to come up with any kind of lie. She's a smart girl. Yeah, although you wonder how how long it would have gone, because at some point they were going to call Stern if the monster had not then intervened. Mm -hmm. Um, And you wonder what he would have said. That little opening. Wouldn't it be great if Stern went with it? If he's like, oh, yeah. I kind of feel like he would. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, also you got to consider at this point, Stern and Aubrey both live at the lodge. You know Mm -hmm. they probably interacted quite a bit. So if nothing else, if we want to assume he feels like he knows her a little bit, and then suddenly out of nowhere, and very oddly, she's making up a story, then you would think as the agent who's here investigating the supernatural, you might be like... He's been here for months. For months. Recording his podcast... (laughs) <laughs> investigating the supernatural and all of a sudden this girl comes out of nowhere and is like making up a story that she's working with you yeah i'd listen oh yeah i'd go with it yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely and then be like aubrey we're having dinner and we're yeah. having discussions aubrey me i need you to guest on my podcast <laughs> right this evening uh but yeah we we don't know whether or not what would have happened 
with Agent yeah. Stern. Yeah, well, Dewey has a point because right before this happens, Dewey is in the middle of explaining that he's not he's not as stupid and easily manipulatable <laughs> as everybody thinks. He's it's got true. the Miranda rights memorized. <laughs> Poor guy. Griffin's Dewey so voice just sweet. kills me. Like, just, I can't. It's so funny. It's the voice is perfect, and just then imagine like watching this movie and Dewey's making this very sweet insistence that very he, grand. Oh, it's so he, he's standing his ground. <laughs> so he's enduring. not going to be jerked around by you ding dongs anymore. <laughs> And in the background, you see this abomination, literal abomination, step out of nowhere right. and is heading Sliced for the station. reality. Wow. Mm-hmm. So scary. I did not expect the monster to show up again so quickly, uh, I, mm-hmm. yeah. honestly. Even though yeah. they warned that he might. And Duck's move was very interesting. Yeah. Telling Dewey to give him the gun. Where yeah. we have yeah. proof that Duck does not like guns, nor is he good at using them. True. Why wouldn't you just say, oh my god, turn, dude, around. turn around, turn around, turn around. I guess around. that would be hard, too. He well, he's like... in the middle of a tirade about how great he is. Yeah. And yeah, how he's not going mean... to fall for their bullshit anymore. Do it quick, turn around. I'm not going to listen to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, think, I think it makes sense from the standpoint of that even depowered, the duck is still on some level trying to protect people. Um, Mm -hmm. especially people who he knows can't protect themselves. So like with Aubrey or with Ned, like he knows they can kind of hold their own. Dewey doesn't know what's coming, is not going to understand this, is probably not going to have the presence of mind to respond to this impossible thing and then react, right? So I think using, using or attempting to use, trust me, um, was a logical a logical yeah. choice like mm-hmm. in the game and and also sort of in their reality although uh poor justin with another bad role on this one <laughs> again, uh poor dewey I feel like those roles are following how it would work in canon because in yeah, no way yeah. do i see dewey be like yeah okay here's my gun yeah that does seem it seems like that that would have been a difficult thing to justify if it had mm-hmm. been a good role Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Also, I just have to apologize very quickly. And you said the words very quickly altogether. How hard that duck. And I heard Howard the Howard duck. Howard the duck. And I <laughs> sat there oh, for no. a second staring off into space going, did she just say Howard the duck? You did. Oh, no. But I know. Obviously, it's I have to so work good. out my... <laughs> I love it because I have to speak much more clearly than I am clear. <laughs> no, I no, love, please, I, I don't change the a thing. Same situation. Where I was like, wait, what? Just, oh, right. <laughs> I just had to throw that out there because I love it, and it was very funny to me. It literally, it literally only took me a second, so don't worry. Right, right, right. Like, yeah. What? And then it I was, was like, she not did a five-minute derail where I try to figure out the word autopsy. No. <laughs> She picks up much more quickly this time. Anyway, <laughs> to get us back on topic again. Uh, yes, I don't think in the context of the story, it would have been very, very odd and almost like Jedi mind tricky if he had been like, mm-hmm. here you go. Right. Yeah. So I think that that's it, the, the dice were on our side when it comes to uh-huh. the fact that he was not going to give him his gun. But this does mean that. Now Dewey's going to get real hurt. Yeah. yeah. Thrown through a glass window. I thought he was going to be the monster's newest bride. But no. <laughs> no, he didn't seem to want to steal Dewey. He just thrashes him. Just, yeah. And Zeke starts taking some shots at it. So this is where we in it. Like, people are yeah. seeing this thing. Say The monster's yeah. out of the spatial rift, as yeah. people are wont to say. I believe that's a common saying. <laughs> I think that's it. I think you got it exactly. But you can't, there's no backtracking from this. We're at a point now that's like, okay, people are going to have to be explaining some stuff. Yeah. And don't forget, he looks like a deranged Bigfoot. Exactly. So guess who has to go into protective custody ASAP? He's going to have to move to another part of the country. Or like tie that bracelet on like some like, there ain't no way. You can pull off his bracelet. And obviously, My something's going to happen with Stern down the line, too, when he finds out from the sheriff that, and or whoever was in the sheriff's office, that some kind of giant Bigfoot thing showed uh-huh. up and threw, threw Dewey through a glass wall, which, admittedly, it's possible that that was always the plan, that that was why. Because we still have this question, right, of why, why was the monster 
pretending to be Gregor in the first place. Right. Um, right. Like, what was the goal there? Since it obviously, it didn't know they were coming, presumably. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't True. targeted at them to begin with. It was probably targeted at the people in the sheriff's office from the start. So this was going to happen at some point. This is somehow part of whatever strategy of whatever this thing is trying to do in in regarding, like, just trying to create chaos and fear. Um, which I think throwing some deputy through a glass window, uh, probably gonna gonna do it. Although, I mean, credit to the sheriff. He took this really well. He's like, hang on, I'm gonna shoot at this thing, then jump in my squad car and chase it. Go get um, it, Zeke. I mean, that's pretty stone cold. Everything you've brought up is exactly right. I'd actually hadn't even really thought of the fact that he was positioned as Gregor Yeah. without, like, why would he know this? But... That kind of actually goes hand in hand with the theory I have. Okay. Come along on a journey with me, you guys. (laughs) First, we can consider the fact that, like you just said, Zeke fires off some shots at this thing and jumps Mm -hmm. in his cruiser and takes off, chasing it. I don't remember where in the scheme of Kepler Amnesty Lodge is located, but if it is headed for the lodge... It could be on purpose. And the fact that it looks like Mm -hmm. a mutated Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the other monster attacked looked apparently like Danny. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you bringing up the fact that he was Gregor, which was so perfect because then they were heading for the the morgue. And why would it know they were going there? Come with me a moment. Consider this. (laughs) What if mama's not mama? (gasps) What? Think about the way when they were discussing, like, possibly telling the hornets about the gate and about the pine guard. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. didn't seem to be too... She she was kind of open to the idea, which was a little weird. Mm-hmm. I, I So I'm just saying, I would argue Mama's been acting a little weird. And who was standing right there while they were discussing, let's go to the morgue. And mm-hmm. now that we know things we find out later with Ned and about how this thing can apparently get memories, you would assume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if this thing shows up as Mama, it would know where Amnesty Lodge is. It would know who yes. all is staying there. It would know what they all turn into. I'm just I'm saying. Let's go to my mm. murder board for this. Hmm. Put a big circle around uh-huh. the heart that's around Mama's picture on that <laughs> murder board. Just saying. We love you, but we're watching. It's you. just something to consider. Mm-hmm. I'm pondering. Yeah, I'm thinking. I gotta, I gotta think on that one for a while. Whenever someone goes away and comes back, there's always that. She was. Uh-huh. They didn't. They didn't come up with a safe word. Uh-uh. We didn't know we needed them yet. <laughs> well, and even if they do, what with what we can surmise from what Ned, what we learn from Ned's scene later, I don't know if it would matter. That's true. If it can it just, like, not, access yeah. everything mm-hmm. that you know. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah Darn it. How do you fight against this kind of monster? <laughs> uh, With love. Love is the mm. key, you guys. They just wanted some place. That's why they have four mm. arms. The better to hug you with. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. High five when you can high ten. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So, just saying, it might be headed for the lodge. We don't know yet, but hopefully we'll find out. Well, for sure we will find out, because Duck, luckily, is sketching along <laughs> with Zeke. <laughs> and he's very good at it. He apparently practices pretty regularly. Yeah, I love that, yeah, since he dusted off his skateboard, this is like a regular occurrence. Oh, my God. Semi-regular, at least. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed Duck's a complicated man. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> I also love the just the image in my mind of him practicing with Leo. Like, okay, take yeah, off, yeah. and like it's <laughs> Duck holding onto the bumper. Well, who's silly for wanting a magic helmet now? Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> Did we ever discern if the helmet has magical properties, or it's just a good helmet? I'm gonna guess uh, it's magical. If it's I from think the, it's basically just really good. But I think it's good Heathcliff? because of magic. Yeah, I don't know. Put a question mark next to the headshot of the helmet. Put- Still not sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I did wonder, did did Duck have his skateboard with him this whole time? I like to imagine, yeah, it's just strapped on did his back. Assume... with a skateboard? I assume he parked it outside. So like it's like it's got a little it's, lock it's on ready it. to go. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. 
Or he has it, like, strapped to his back. That'd be pretty That cool. was my yeah. guess, yeah. It's either strapped to his back or it's got a tiny boot on one of the wheels. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody can take it. <laughs> okay. Can you imagine being Zeke on this mad chase for some abomination and glancing in your rearview mirror to see fucking Duck just along for the ride? <laughs> I just need everybody to imagine that image. Thank you. I I imagine him suddenly breaking as a result (laughs) is going to end very poorly for Duck. (laughs) Oh, he's toppling right over the butt of that cop car. (laughs) And Aubrey went to the Back to the Future thing, but I cannot remember Marty's last name. McFly. McFly. Thank you. My golly. (laughs) That was devastating. That's what we're here for. I could even see Biff yelling it. (laughs) Couldn't hear it in my head. I don't know. I was going to say he's going to pull a Marty McFly where he's like hanging on, but like ducked down so you can't see him. He's mastered that too. Well, you have to if you're Mm -hmm. you're going to do that. Because most of the time the person driving the car doesn't know that you're back there. So that's kind of the goal. Right, perfectly, yeah. He knows. Zeke's got no clue he's got a hanger on. (laughs) I like it better if he's in the rearview mirror. But you guys, that's probably the the more... (laughs) That's probably the more intelligent way to go about it. Maybe maybe he'll see him in the rearview mirror and Duck will just immediately duck down as if somehow he won't figure it out. Do you think he saw it? But then his, the bane comes from he the fact that his helmet has a, huge, uh, <laughs> it has a huge mohawk on it and then he can just see that sticking up. It. It's, like, it's a it, shark duck. fin. <laughs> it's two bunny ears. <laughs> He borrowed it from Jake Cool Ice. <laughs> he was just very inspired. He's like, my friend has a helmet. It's real cute. <laughs> Back to the actual show. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the grid, right? With Ned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. The MCP is downloading his memories. Yeah. This was a really wild scene. I did not. I did not expect this. This came um, out of nowhere. This, this concept. I was, I was very, I was very into it, but I was, it was definitely... Like wow, okay, this is this is going in a uh, into territory that I did not see coming. Not at all, and it opens up so many more mysteries and possibilities mm-hmm. because then we see the way that Ned gets out of here is our sweet Billy comes to the rescue. Yeah, somehow in in this virtual space. So here's kind of what I'm thinking here, and feel free to jump in and interject because I know I'm coming at this with a lot of theories. <laughs> so I'm thinking hive mind hmm. between. Oh. All these glowing yeah. beings. Mm-hmm. Which, for what it's worth, Minerva mentioned that the in- that, like insectoids who invaded her home were of a hive mind. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Just something to think about. I don't know what's happening here, but the fact that Billy could somehow tap into this yeah. makes me almost think of, like, if this is something computery or otherworldly, and if they are all part of one system and like maybe billy was part of it and then i don't know if like aubrey's magic kind of broke the link a little bit and that's why he's not that i mean that's that makes sense in in the sort of descriptions that the other um the other goat men in the the previous monster battle were were sort of under some yeah. sort of sway and and that billy almost was again but but snapped out of it so exactly. that that does seem consistent that's where it's that's what it sounds like to me yeah this is better than my theory of what was billy that? on the old gateway computer at the cryptonomica <laughs> playing some rando game and sees ned on the screen and is <laughs> doing his damnedest to come up with the words pizza duck run because he he sees stuff like he's playing a game He's playing, playing some old text adventure. And he's very excited, <laughs> yes, exactly, to see, oh, there's a character I know. I'm going to make him run. <laughs> so I do this. And then he goes. And he's like, a new word. Your theory, though, sounds way more like something that might actually yeah. be what they go with because they yeah, keep certainly. throwing us for loops. I would love that. It's like a Wreck-It Ralph situation. You are standing in a room. You see Ned Chicane. <laughs> What, what does do he do? do? Pizza. West. Duck. <laughs> run. The pizza duck run is a new uh, marathon that we hold <laughs> every spring. <laughs> oh, stupid. I'm so sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> no, I'm waiting for it now. 
I'll make us all t-shirts. <laughs> I don't remember how he actually gets out. I just kept calling it well, the oubliette. Billy, Billy somehow, with however this connection is working, somehow remotely, either the interaction with Billy itself or whatever Billy does, short circuits something around Ned's neck that was apparently okay. gotcha. generating. That was it. Well, short circuits yeah. are something, Griffin says, so it's not really, mm-hmm. we, we're, not, we're not totally clear on how this is functioning. But somehow something around his neck has now stopped being able to create this virtual space and he's woken up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's woken up in this decrepit and closed up what looks like a hotel. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. I do just want to, he says this a little bit later, but the fact that Griffin says that Ned doesn't know how long he's been yes. here is interesting to me. Because that could I mean. I think that's important. Yeah. Like it mm-hmm. could mean you've been here for about a day or you 10 minutes or this is 37 years from now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think there are a number of reasons why it's important. One is yeah. with the continuity of we don't know exactly when this scene falls in yes. terms of the other information that we have, which just that alone is important. Yes. One of the possibilities is that there's some implication in the wording that it's possible there may actually be more than one of these creatures because uh-huh. we don't know if we're seeing a different one in this scene. Um I think that's less likely, but I think it's still a possibility because uh, of of some of the way that Griffin words it. I think he's trying to indicate that that might be a possibility. So at least leaving that door open um, in terms of how we respond to it. The third thing that's maybe really important is if Ned doesn't know how long he's been in this virtual space, which seems to have been somehow extracting his memories, Mm -hmm. and we know that this monster's chief power is looking like somebody else. Uh-huh. Does that mean that they have been interacting or will, from our standpoint in the future, with a Ned who isn't Ned? That's a very good point. I had not uh-huh. been there. I like this. Super and we won't spooky. know for two weeks, <laughs> at uh-huh. least. But but it's certainly, I think I think we can't, um, in the meantime, discount that as a possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Ned we see come back from here, is he ours, is essentially what mm-hmm. the question's going to be. Now, this is something I think would work better in a TV show than a game, but I really, really, really like it. Yeah, I mean, it would be a difficult thing to play in the context of the game, but I don't think impossible because, oh, no. you know, you can tell one player something that you don't tell the others. Mm-hmm. That's so yeah. it's certainly yeah. possible that, notes that they all the may time. not know. Damn DM GM notes get me so angry <laughs> until I get one. And then I'm like, aha, I'm in the know now. It's my time to shine, she says. I mean, it does, um, it does, there has to be some kind of context to why did the monster choose to trap him and keep him alive? Because we know, at least at because some he's point, in love with him and he doesn't have to this. keep them. Well, <laughs> all right, outside of the possibility of shipping Ned with the monster, let's scoot away which from I'm the not romance discounting. zone. <laughs> <laughs> We're always in the romance zone, but, but we can have. We can have some adjacent rooms to the romance zone. <laughs> True. Fair. Fair. Okay, fine. But yeah, we don't know why he why he takes him and keeps him alive. And it seems like it might be because he doesn't want them to find out that he's not Ned. The monster is, is trying to trying to pose as him because obviously they, they did find out that Gregor wasn't Gregor mm-hmm. when they found the body, which it's possible mm-hmm. that he wasn't expecting that to happen as soon as it did. And I, I mm-hmm. am I am saying that the monster is a he, which is not really fair, but uh we first saw him as, as Gregor, it as Gregor. Fair. So Right. Yeah. yeah. Little confusing wording there on uh, a glowing particle man or sure. person. I mean, particle and person, right. particle person. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thought is that Ned is such a complicated person. Like, he has mm. so many backstories and so many experiences and lies that he's probably told himself so often that they become truths. Interesting. Mm. So what, what do you do with that when you're diving into a brain that weavy and wavy and spiderwebby? I think mm-hmm. maybe Gregor was a real easy download. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. And Ned has taken a lot more time than they thought it was going to take. Yeah. It could, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. What, whatever is going on here, it's clear that versus the other creatures that they have fought, that this one has really driving intellect behind it. Yes. And not just intellect, but some kind of complicated plan. Mm-hmm. Like, there's right. intent here that the others didn't have. 
intent and forethought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be enough, you know, to kind of be like one step behind it, chasing it. They've got to get ahead of it. That's exactly it. That's it's everything about this one so far has been amped up. Mm-hmm. Even by this episode alone. Like, it was already kind of seeming that way last time when we were talking about it. As far as, like, how does this thing... Who is it? What, who is possibly behind this? And now we not only have who's possibly behind it, what is their intention? What do we do now that other people in the town now know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just... Things have gotten much more compiling. complicated. Yes. Especially because when we see the creature again... We get this other indication about um, that that maybe you hear this like electrical humming when it when it arrives, and that combined with um, Griffin specifying that when Snitch when hits it, it yeah. that it it has a vocoder like scream. I'm very intrigued by this. This right. is not like your standard kind of run of the mill monster stuff. And then yeah. then that plus having VR apparently some kind of VR. This is some wild stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is on a different level than than what they've been dealing with. For sure. P.S. Did anyone else see when he comes through the rift and he's like checking? Like, this is a dude oh, yeah. or, or lady getting home from work and just like, mm, okay, like checking, <laughs> checking my wrist, your emails. making sure. Yeah. yeah. It's running. Okay. Oh, my back hurts. Stretch out. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. What's this? Someone's in my house with a, with a Zune. Who let that happen? <laughs> and now I'm going to go tickle him, I assume. Claws out. Yeah, tickle time. Yeah. They're like, finally, that girl's not here to pull me away from apparently my love. And yeah, just before the tickle fight can ensue, that's, uh, we freeze frame and we'll have to find out in two weeks and probably get so many more questions. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. So now that we're kind of getting into it, uh, here to kind of close us out, I was thinking we could discuss any theories we might have or where we think this might be going or what other people have mentioned. Like we had uh, our brother, at least as far as the previous episode was concerned, he was theorizing that maybe Hollis had been uh, body snatched when they were Mm. talking with Hollis. Yeah. So regardless, I feel like in that moment, somebody may have been an abomination Mm. in the guise of somebody Mm -hmm. else. I know, right? It's creepy. And then we also had a tweet from one of our listeners. Uh, their Twitter name is Papillon Velour. Velour? I don't know how to, if I'm saying any of that correctly. <laughs> their name is Hydration Quest, which I love. Um, so they had pointed out that Ned in the previous episode had said that the AMP was having a special on gruel flavored hot pockets. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, like, directly from the wiki, I think. Uh, however, this grocery chain no longer exists in our universe. So either there's still one in Kepler or there used to be one and Ned still calls it, calls whatever <laughs> store is there now, the A&P. The A&P. And yeah. or Ned calls all grocery stores the A&P <laughs> because he is old, which sounds legit. They're also viable, too. And Hydration <laughs> Quest agreed with that. It's... I think all of those are very good possibilities, especially when it comes to specifically Ned Chicane. Mm-hmm. I do love the idea of a rogue AMP. Like, we're shutting down, not this one. It's like those blockbusters. Well, now, see, this ties into something This ties into something that I did not bring up earlier, which I wanted to. Have oh, either of you heard of Rax? R-A-X. No. Rax. No. When they were did making you know what it was before they said it? I did. Oh, and uh, tell us Rax, Rax is a... Um, I almost said was, but it, it actually does still exist, shockingly. Um, I did not know this until recently that it was still around. Um, Rax is a, a roast beef, like, fast food restaurant. It's basically, it was kind of like Arby's. It was a little, maybe a little classier than Arby's. <laughs> um, we had a fair number of them in Kentucky classier when I was Classier than up. Arby's? I don't think that exists. And it's I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit, like, uh, there was a lot of um, argument at the time about who had the better roast beef, and usually Rax won. Okay. Um, I, it, I haven't had it in a very long time, so I can't say that I that I remember, but I they did have these um these sippy cups that came with the kids' meal that were, like, shaped like an alligator that I was super into. Loving it. It was very exciting when you went to, to Rax and you got this little, this like... Time? <laughs> um, probably preschool. Okay. I'm not sure when our Rax our <laughs> no, closed. This is like um, four like years 17. ago. Yeah. But... <laughs> So like this this chain, um, almost all of the racks is closed, but there are still eight of them. 
in the country. There are, there are eight. There's one in Kentucky. There are a couple in Ohio where they originally came from. Uh, I forget where the other states were. Maybe Indiana. Um, there's only there's only eight of them. Um, so they do still. It's like one of those things. I I was driving somewhere. It must have been in Ohio with uh, with Emily when we mm-hmm. were road tripping to West Virginia, and I saw a Rax, and I lost my mind because I thought they were completely <laughs> gone. Like I thought it was like having having you know um, having this tear in space time, yeah. <laughs> something that you had forgotten about uh, and didn't think existed anymore. This thing from your childhood, yeah. So maybe Rax also still exists in Kepler. It's like. <sighs> The ninth Rax is in Kepler. <laughs> Kepler's, that's the truth. It just goes along with all of the supernatural things going on in Kepler. They still house these establishments that elsewhere yeah. have gone almost extinct. <laughs> Rax and A&P. I love Rax this theory. A&P, cryptids. It's how we do in Kepler. <laughs> There's no cell service to call it out, so everyone's like, they feel safe. They don't even know that the rest of the world doesn't have these things. <laughs> They didn't get the text. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> got it. Down. <laughs> That's how you alert people now. BT Dubs, we're closing shop. <laughs> get ready. I think we nailed it. I think that's it. Is there anything else uh, we forgot to mention or want to bring up now? I was just so excited about being in the narrow cast for Rax. So like... <laughs> <laughs> this is why people come to this show. We've got the facts for you. We've got firsthand accounts for The Rax you. facts? We've got Rax facts. <laughs> we can tell you about things from the vantage point of a teenage girl we got you covered and we're here for all your romance uh then i guess that takes us over to our poll last time we all took a trip to the mall to visit our favorite store hot topic and uh we wanted to know which merch you would use to hide your magical weapons and i gotta know what these weapons are because the winner with 47 percent of the votes was choker which i chose to <laughs> So maybe that's the follow-up. Also, tell us what your weapons are, because this, I gotta know. It's just a lot of piano wire. So many stranglings. Okay, so you guys, this time, we need you to tell us which defunct business you think is still open in Kepler. That poll will be up over on our Twitter, at Romancing Zone. And with that, we will check you in two weeks. Till then, thanks so much for listening. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone.